No woman, no cry. No woman, no cry. Hello, and welcome back to the triumphant re 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 return. <laughs> Uh, re, 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 grand opening. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> yep. Um, of Black Girl Squee. Um, I don't even know what number we on. Um, uh, I'm guessing uh, it's it somewhere after a hundred. It it really yeah. doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Lost count. Um. Yeah. And be back after a totally extended hiatus. That was all my fault. Don't blame Inta. Um, it was it, it was mostly my fault. So we back kinda sorta, and we back to uh, talk about a wonderful independent movie from that uh, <laughs> that small small studio called Marvel. <laughs> Just strong. Just struggling, yeah. just smaller, tiny. struggling. Yeah, struggling, struggling. Tiny, tiny little independent movie. You may not have heard of it. It's called Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. Um. So, but first, we're gonna do a little hi- housekeeping. Um. Uh. We've been we've been gone for what? A year, two years. It's been a long time. I don't time. think it was two, but because I, I know we did record a couple of times during Penny, but it's it's been a minute. Yeah, it's been a long time. Um, so, but we're still at blackgirlsqueed.simplecast.net. Um, we're still at the same place, uh, still the feed hadn't pod faded or nothing. We just, uh, haven't been, haven't been on, uh, haven't been online. So contact, contact info hasn't changed. Um, email hasn't been checked in a while, but you know, it's still the same. Uh, Twitter. Twitter ain't changed yet. I want to thank Inda for keeping that updated. Um, but um, y'all, I just want to let y'all know that uh, with all the changes that have been going on with Twitter, um, we may be there now, but if uh, Cheeto Head comes back, um, we out. <laughs> At least I'm out. Yeah. I can't speak your end up, but <laughs> I'm out. Bad enough, but if that fool comes back, um, yeah, I can't do it. So, uh, anything you want to add, Hinda? Um, you know, not really. I mean, like I said, it's really nobody's fault because we did not ask to be in an actual Panasonic like nobody asked for that it 
I mean, everything is disrupted and trying to go back to the way it was before is not going to work, but people have not realized that yet. So, I mean, you know, still trying to navigate, you know, how we're, <laughs> how we're going to survive this and, you know, just got to take it one day at a time because not everybody is where they need to be yet to realize some shit's got to change. Right. Been in yeah. Panasonic for three years and people ain't learned nothing. So nope. we still going through it. Yep. We still in it, y'all. Yep. COVID ain't over. Newsflash. Not for it. Not a long, not a, not a chance, not for a long shot. Unfortunately, so. Yeah. Wear your mask, y'all. Get, Damn it, I thought I put the... Get your shots. Yes, please. Um, all right. And speaking of a tiny independent film that was ravaged by the Panasonic... Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. I am giving the signal as we speak. I am giving the sign. <laughs> Wakanda. <laughs> Wakanda Forever. Also, oh. Tolokan cries. <laughs> so, just beforehand, just want to say this is not a review. We're just having a discussion because... Um, uh, we couldn't stop talking about it after we saw it. <clears throat> um, we could probably record a whole nother podcast about the completely callous way that critics have reviewed this movie. Um, we're not interested in tearing this apart and rewriting it so that it completely satisfies us. Um, we are interested in discussing the many themes that the film explores and the writers, Joe Robert Cole and Ryan Coogler, people be forgetting about Joe, uh, managed to fill a two hour, 40 minute movie with a lot of meaning. Um, as with the first one, this is more than just your standard popcorn Marvel movie. Um, so, for, you know, one of the first themes, of course, just like the last one, um, Afrofuturism. Um, also, this movie extends to indigenous futurism. Uh, I, I, I gotta say though that actually, even with the, you know, center of Wakanda, that, that that's actually a type of indigenous. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, it always kind of yeah. they already were indigenous um, yeah. peoples, and now we've got another indigenous yeah, culture extended, definitely mm -hmm. extended. You know, indigenous societies. You know, that's actually great to see. You know, just love that that was, you know, Ryan Kluger's intention to bring another non white culture into it and celebrate that. 
and so and they're all and they're both and both of these indigenous cultures are connected to with by the same futuristic uh, metal element whatever you want to call it vibranium <laughs> yeah yeah i don't that, know what it is um, either i don't it doesn't matter <laughs> right yeah so um the fact is they've got they've got a resource that colonizers want which leads to a lot of the conflict in this movie Um, so Afrofuturism, indigenous futurism, pretty much a theme of this movie. And it's good to it's good to see the world open up more. Yes. Um and see other cultures. That'd be that's that's just wonderful. Um and the way that uh the world of telecon was realized in the movie was just yes incredible so shout out to hannah beekler um for the production design and uh mm-hmm. shout out to mm-hmm. ruthie carter for the yes. costume design come and get your your oscars they're already being engraved um so uh, anything else you wanted to say about Afrofuturism? No, not, not not really. I think you know, it'll if anything comes up, it'll it'll come up during the mm-hmm. you know. How, okay. I mean, it's in the world and just how everything plays out here. And you know, um, oh, I will say. You know, it's, um, I'm not giving away any spoiler, but, you know, toward the beginning, I'm pretty sure we'll do spoilers later anyway, you know, so spoiler alert, because same same rule as always, if we talk about it, we will spoil it. Yeah, but, I should have yeah. done that earlier. See, I've been, I'm rusty. <laughs> we, we, we've been, we, we've been yeah, we, we, we've been, <laughs> been out the game for a minute, so we're catching up. It's been out. It's been out over a month. Um, if yeah. you ain't seen it by now. And you waiting for it to come on Disney Plus, then Well, you shouldn't be listening to this in the first place. Right. <laughs> you know how we do. No, I mean I just love that, you know, because at the end of the first film, yeah, we've promised to, you know, to share resources with the world, but then we see the very beginning. What are these people trying to do? Come steal the vibranium, you know, because we just, you know, that they we they have to have that resource, not waiting for Wakanda to distribute it or anything like that, but sending actual mercenaries to, you know, just take it, and you know that comes up again, you know later. But and this you know because um, T'Challa is gone, Ramonda Queen Ramonda has been reinstated, goes off on this you you know this United Nations Council. This is what y'all do, and this is why we are not doing this now. You know, because y'all are some greedy motherfuckers who will just totally abuse this resource. And I was so glad this is what we established here at the beginning. So, yeah. Our our futurisms are, you know, 
you know, our ways of life and, you know, the way we have to, you know, protect, you know, what's ours. I was glad to, you know, see that come to play. Um, yeah, the, the way we always, always have to keep our head on a swivel. Because, mm-hmm. cause, you know, they had to have, they had to keep people planted at all those different, um, those different um, centers all over the world because they yep. knew people was going to be um, after them, after their resources. So you can't, you can't sleep. <laughs> nope. Um, stay woke. So, um, (laughs) and, uh, one of the, one of the huge themes of this movie, um, that's gonna hit everybody, uh, differently was grief. Yes. Um, everybody dealt with their grief over um, uh, T'Challa's death in a different way. Um, Some people dealt with it head on and tried to tried to go through all the all the stages of grief. Yes. And I think Ramonda had finally started coming out on the other side of it um but sherry was, was stuck in denial for most of the film yeah she was bargaining at the beginning at the very beginning and then and she's like screw it i'm just gonna bury myself in work and try to you know forget it ever happened but um, that did not work. Um, and I uh, also want to shout out to the very tasteful and respectful way that um, uh, death was treated in this film. Um, we don't know what 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 uh, T'Challa died of. Yeah. Um, and it was something that um, uh, was not di- was not di- um, disclosed. People weren't, you know, trying to find out, uh, you know, what it was being nosy or whatnot. They were just. You know, Sherry was just trying to find some way to heal him. She wasn't really trying to find out exactly, you know, what it was. She was just trying to find a way to fix it. Um, The script allowed both the cast and the crew and the audience to grieve. So I think that one aspect is a monumental achievement for you know the writers so 
Um, again, shout out to them because it could have been, you know, I think anybody else would have probably done a very, you know, rush job on it and uh, yeah. totally disrespect, disrespected the Bozemans and, <laughs> yeah. and irritated, you know, the, it, the cast and like, the audience. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, you know, anybody else would have treated his passing like a throwaway line, just like acknowledge it. Exactly. And, yeah. And that that's just it. But no, this was actually the driving force of the entire film is Shuri, you know, dealing with, you know, or sometimes not dealing, you know, with the grief she felt you know, and, and also kind of the guilt she felt in not being able to save them. You know, when she has, you know, all of this science, she has, you know, the best resources in the world and she couldn't save her own brother. And, you know, she, it, it hangs over her the entire time. And then, and how they, and we also see how Nakia handles grief. Mm. And um, Koye and Baku, we see how, we saw how, how grief touches each of these characters. Yeah. Again, we see more of um, Ramonda's and Shori's um approaches um, to grief, but um, we see how it touches most of the people uh, that we know in Wakanda. And um, that's, I mean, it's important to see how powerful and kind of it's a Grief is the thing that kind of, you have to metabolize it kind of, you almost, it changes as you, with time and, and, and insight. And um, once you learn how to deal with it, I don't know if everybody ever learns how to deal with it, but with time you, um, it gets, it gets better. <laughs> All right. So along with grief, um, another theme is trauma. Yeah. And everybody was acting out of different kinds of trauma. Yes. Which led to a lot of the shenanigans in the plot. Yeah. People just kind of losing their minds <laughs> and not thinking clearly. Um, so uh, we know how 
Ramonda was acting. Um, she she'd lost so many people, and when uh, Shori got snatched up, uh, she she kind of lost it. Um, she fired her her general and uh, hired her and got Nakia out of retirement to go get her daughter. And Nakia um, kind of acted a little bit out of character. I don't think I've ever seen her um, kill anybody on screen before, and in, in especially during a mission. And um, the the way she was kind of like. Um, focused only on getting Shuri out instead of, you know, the war that she kind of (laughs) caused. Oops. Um. Well, the only thing she knew, I will say in her defense, is that Ramonda just asked her to get her kidnapped, you know, daughter. You know, she didn't, I don't think she knew anything else about, you know, him telling what actually she might have told her, you know, what he's threatening to kill, you know, the scientist who turns out to be a child, you know. <laughs> but I, I don't I don't think she was fully aware of everything. She just had that one objective and she did it. But and, and of course also she couldn't also have known that Shuri and Namor had actually found a rapport with each other and, you know, they were getting along. So she she didn't know that, but I mean Ramona didn't either. But you know, yeah. There's, there's so much that you know she didn't know. She just she 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 put all this into motion before she even um, had a second meeting with Namor, and that was kind of Ramona kind of jumped the gun there. I think if she had gotten, but I can understand. If she had heard from Namor, yeah, that, um, you know she's being she's safe. She's getting a tour of Talakan. Um, but but no, I can I can understand that cause that scene where she is yelling at Okoye. That just tells you everything. She like said, "I am the queen of the most powerful nation in the world, and my family is gone." Husband has died, son has died, her less her last surviving family member, her daughter has been kidnapped. I might have just started trying to do anything I possibly could to get her back to. So I mean, I, so yeah, she did, you know, jump the gun a bit, but I'm like, probably wouldn't be thinking clearly in that position in the first place. No, she wasn't. It just, it just, it was. It was just give me this one person I have left back. It was just nobody, nobody was, everybody was acting out of trauma and uh, didn't end well. So, no, it did not. <laughs> but, um, no more was acting out of not recent trauma but distant trauma 
but you know seeing as he was like 500 something years old yeah you know it probably probably felt like yesterday to him yeah all he knew is that somebody was was coming underwater trying to take their vibranium and he was freaking out like oh no the colonizers are back you know yeah just like when he was a kid they try to take us and enslave us yeah and so he came (laughs) he he stepped to the queen of wakanda yep like, like y'all made this mess. Y'all yep. need to fix it. Go get that scientist so I can kill her. Or, well, he didn't know what the whether yeah. the scientist was. He didn't yeah, know who the scientist was. He found out he was still putting on killing her. He didn't. He didn't know that. He didn't know that she wasn't. She she never intended to yeah. her tech was do this on purpose. This was a homework assignment to her. Yeah. And technically her tech was stolen. It yeah. was. But like you said, he's yeah, not we seeing need to it. Talk he about doesn't that. see it that way. How, how come it was never investigated who, who stole, who was the teacher that stole her tech and sold it to the government? I think I think more investigation needs to be had into that. Yep. You know, just find what what was her face, J. Lewis Dreyfus character, because she was probably the one who bought it. Right. Um so Namora was like you know, you opened yourself up to the world. You shouldn't have done that because yeah. now they're after. Because now they're fucking up our shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They come in. They can't They can't get vibranium from y'all. So now they're looking underwater and they're messing with our territory. And yeah. we didn't open up to nobody. We're we trying to stay hidden. Yep. Um, so... Yeah, this is this is the fallout from the first movie that's being dealt with. Yep. And in here because because of our next theme which is colonization. Colonizers going to keep colonizing. They can't stop for some reason. Um what impressed me out of the gate was the links that both of these indigenous cultures went to to escape colonization. Um, no more's people kind of changed who they were. Their skin went from brown to blue. They couldn't they couldn't breathe air on land anymore. They had to go underwater and live and and create a whole new. Um, uh, world underwater um, and they did that to escape colonization uh, Wakanda hid themselves from the rest of their continent and the rest of the world and cut themselves off from the rest of the diaspora uh, 
just to uh, hide from colonization. So in that, you know, in, in that, you know, way, I think that's what makes Namor actually sympathetic, the, the part you can sympathize with him from. Like, we, nobody actually, not even y'all knew we were here until these people started drilling and fucking up our home. And so now, and it's like, they didn't go to, you know, fight the um, actual colonizers. No, they go, you know, to the Wakandans. Y'all opened yourselves up. Now everybody knows, but that means they're going to be, there's a chance they'll find us now too. And so we need to nip this in the butt. It's like, like you said, 500 plus years, nobody has known. And now because of this, because these people that you thought, you know, you were going to trust and share resources with, decided now nah, we'll just bypass y'all. And so, yeah. It, you know, just <laughs> not not worth it. It was not worth it. Because you can't trust them people. <clears throat> nope. It's, it's just wild that they, yeah, somebody said they can't take no for an answer. Like, mm-hmm. you're telling me I can't have your vibranium? Well, then I'm going to go find it somewhere else. Yep. So... It's just, it's also the, the, the violence of colonization, the, the entitlement. Yeah. Yeah. That's a part of it. No, that is why, that is the one scary moment in this film when What's-His-Face is talking to his ex-wife. I'm sorry, I don't really remember the white people's names. That's because I don't care. <laughs> when he's talking to her, it's like, what, you you want to be in, you know, in a world where, you know, we're the only ones who control the vibranium. And she's like, I dream of it. Mm-hmm. And that is real as fuck. Because, like, and, and you just know already, she has absolutely no intention to doing any good with it. No, no. I mean, what? I mean, if you've watched any of the other Marvel movies, I mean, as soon as they get some a hold of or knowledge of some magical or neat scientific uh, substance, the first thing they want to do is turn it into a weapon. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's all they want to do with vibranium, even though it's capable of doing so much more than being a weapon. And, you know, going back to the first film, that was the issue with Killmonger. He wasn't, his his solution is to turn it into a weapon. And that's how, you know, he's, you know, he, I know he has that connection to Wakanda. You know, he's heard the stories all his life and, you know, he's wanted to get back there, but he's, wanted to get back there but because his revenge would have just been it would have had terrible repercussions for the very people he calls himself trying to you know not really save but avenge 
you know, that would have, that would have just been disastrous, but he cannot see beyond that. And I think that's the very, you know, the very westernized part of him, you know, that, you know, this dude was, you know, black ops military. And so what, and the thing, when he goes into Wakanda, first thing he does is destabilize it and just, you know, fucks everything up and, you know, tries to weaken them. I'm like, you're not any better. You know, it's not like you decided, okay, hey, I'm going to get back into Wakanda and, and, you know, tell them, you know, who I am, let them know. And like, okay, this is how you can help, you know, the children of the lost tribe. You know, he doesn't do that. And so now, and also now I, I feel like that's, actually it does. We'll, I'm sure we'll get to it later. That carries back into, you know, the current film now, Wakanda Forever. Yeah, he was still operating off of trauma himself. So yeah, but I just feel like his trauma didn't take him to the best possible solution. No, I mean, does it? Does it ever? <laughs> well, that's a good point. And we're still dealing with the fallout of his destabilization because mm-hmm. if they had had any of the the heart-shaped herb. Yep. They might have been able to help T'Challa. Um, yep. Probably not in this story, but they yeah. at least would have been able to, you know, establish a new Black Panther and, and protect yeah. Wakanda from further invasion. Yeah. Excuse me. So... Um, so, in your opinion, do you think Wakanda should have opened themselves up to the world? You know, the more I think about it, even though I would still, my ass is still over here (laughs) in North America, I would say no. I would say no, because we see from the very beginning what happened once the world knew they had this very valuable resource. And I can even look at that, you know, from the standpoint of, you know, real, realistically looking in the world and looking at, you know, what colonization does and the way the African continent is just plundered, just plundered to death, you know, like has all these rich resources, you know, that, you know, we use here. I mean, all of our tech, you know, all of that, that I, I use daily and depend on daily, everything used to make it came from the earth pretty much over there. But what is happening to the people who actually live there, who have lived on that land for thousands of years and, you know, protected it and what's happening now. So I would, even if it meant, you know, something in my life had to change, and I, I would say no, I would still just say no. So think about if vibranium did exist and Wakanda was a real place for opening themselves up to the world, I'm going to say no. That's it. I mean, all they really wanted to do was open themselves up to the diaspora. Yeah. But you can't do that without opening yourselves up to the colonizers. Yeah. Which sucks. Yeah, exactly. That's the, that's 
that's the real issue. That's the rub. So. They are going to try to make some sort of effort toward that. It's the way they called um, Riri the child of the lost tribe. I think they are kind of, they will be more mindful toward, you know, diaspora folks, you know, after that. And because they, because that was like a lot of, you know, the film was protecting her because they didn't want any more to kill her. And, you know, but yeah. So I think that's kind of what, if it goes, you know, it progresses further, that that was, that's going to be part of the balance and that that they work with. How do we I mean, help the ones who got kidnapped and literally stolen right. off the continent? I mean, that's place. where, that's where yeah. most of these, um, these uh, science centers were located in places in places outside of Wakanda, you know, yeah. in the diaspora. Yeah. Uh, or other places on the continent, you know, in Mali. Yeah. A lot and of I, people were taken. And I do appreciate that the per- place that they relocated Nakia was Haiti. Mm-hmm. I love that. You know, because that, you know, just that, the whole history of that, it, it's very meaningful. You know, that was not, you know, unintentional that this is where they decide that she goes when, you know, being in Wakanda is too much for her. Like, I'm going to go to the, you know, Laya's ass country outside of, <laughs> outside of the African continent in the world. The one that, quite frankly, if the slavery uprising hadn't happened there, it might not have happened the way it did the rest in the rest of the Western Hemisphere. So that was that was actually a really good touch. A very a, a place of resistance and rebellion. Yes. And, yes. Um, it's it's Ryan Cooler saying we really about fucking up these colonizers. We not. Mm-hmm. I know I know I know you see these two indigenous cultures fighting on screen, but oh yeah, you know that you know that's not what we really about here. So. Yep. <laughs> We about this over here, <laughs> and um, it's only Kevin Feige that's keeping me from. <laughs> I know, right? Fucking <laughs> these colonizers the way I really want to. But, exactly. Um, come on, that that's Ryan Coogler saying. You know me now. You should know me now by now. I'm I'm really not about this. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh. Now, okay, I feel like we should just uh, devote a few hours, I mean, uh, moments, to talking about the antagonist of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Shit, sorry. Uh, the, the wonderful Namor. Woo! Played by Tenoch Huerta. Yes. Who's also wonderful. Yes, he is. And fine. Yes, he is. And um, our woke Mexican king. Oh, yes. Um, yes. He he just keeps getting better every time he opens his mouth. And you know how rare that is for us, man. Uh, okay. 
<laughs> and, and that's with the bar being in hell, the way it usually is. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We we love to note over here. Yes. Fan club. Yes. But no more. His first, his entrance onto the screen, introducing Tenochtuerta Mejia. Um, and he first walks onto the shore of Wakanda. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, covered in vibranium. Mm-hmm. Um, but then tight little green shorts. <laughs> what he called to be shame shorts. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> just like, what's up? Yeah, I found you. This secluded um, country. Yeah, I found you. Um, and he was talking about he was talking about his mother had told him about a place like Wakanda. So maybe she knew about did she already know about Wakanda yeah. or Yeah. Um I I mean his first words were like so powerful. Yeah. He was like, Y'all never had to change who you were. Yeah. And and you and you were protected. I mean, they protected themselves by kind of, you know, hiding. Yeah. But they didn't have to change, and Namor's people had to change. Yeah. That's down also- to their down to their molecules. Yeah. That's just like one thing I really also appreciated about you know just these little subtle things in it. Just him saying it like that. They've been actually keeping up what's been going on in the surface world. It's like also when Mbaku later, you know, he's telling them about, you know, they call him Kukulkan. And, you know, this is what, you know, he is like, what you think just because we're in the mountains, we don't read. (laughs) You know, I just love that even though they have, they're isolated intentionally and for good reason, they still make sure they know what's happening outside of. You know their societies. I mean, just like Wakanda had spies, had war dogs. Yep. I'm sure, and you know, no more. He can he can breathe on air, so yeah, on land, so he can mm-hmm. probably pop up whenever he wants. Um, I'm sure he had he had spies, you know, that had their rebreathers on and and yeah. popped up and to see what was going on. Yeah, and also world. I noticed that when they were. In the scene when they're introduced around the bridge, you know, before the fight with um, um, Okoye and uh, Shuri, that whatever it is, they're actually, tr- they have translators that's translating for them in real time what she's saying. You know, because you, you can hear the it going, her voice, and then it coming out in um, their um, language. Order the and it was it was just a really small thing. I just happened to catch it because you it's 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 not like really loud, but they're just kind of listening to their translators for a second. And I'm like, yeah, because um, yeah. I remember Riri asking Shuri, "Oh, you can understand them?" Well, and yeah. Shuri said, um, "Sort of, kind of like 
Because she also has her her AI video mm-hmm. yeah. um, translating for her. So Yeah. So so he already knew about Wakanda. Yeah. Which is probably why he was able to like just walk up on shore. Yeah. Cool as you please. Oh yeah. Sopping wet. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, all the all those jewels around him. Oh my god, mm-hmm. he looks so great. Um, and the chemistry he had with Ramonda. My gosh, Ooh. just a look, just uh, a look. I mean, beside the point, you cannot tell me that man just did not have an absolute crush on Angela Bassett. You cannot convince me that he did not. I mean. We've been watching the interviews and stuff, and he holds that woman in the highest regard. But it's also like she fond. Yeah, she's sixty something years old, and and fine as hell. And it, this, this does not escape him. No, but yeah, just those. I mean, that's the thing. <laughs> there was just. It's not weird, but there was the weird tension between those two because it's like when he kind of comes up, you know, really close to her to be intimidating. It's also very, it's also really hot. Yeah. It's hot as hell. Just just kiss. Just kiss. Just kiss. Peck on the cheek. Just just kiss. Just give me, just give me the outtake or the blooper where they just lean in. Yeah, and yeah. A little smooch. Just please. I'm sorry, I'm sorry Courtney. Sorry. Uh, I ain't forgot about you, but no, we no. had, we had, but, we know you're the luckiest man alive. But yeah, just, just let me have this. <laughs> yeah, I know. Just please. <clears throat> but um, yeah. Yeah, and intimidation never looked more um, sensual. So, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, look, I'm sorry. No more the f- best freaking Marvel antagonist because he's not a villain. He is an antagonist. He is the best freaking antagonist in this entire series. I, I'm, I'm just going to say that. Because he was so complex. Yes. And and you could see, you know, you could see where he was coming from. Like, you know, everybody said, oh, you could see where Killmonger was coming from. But, yeah. I mean, you could really no see more where Namor can, was coming from and yeah, feel for him. But you can also see he really is trying to protect people. He really is. He's trying to protect his entire society. Yeah, by any means necessary. Yeah. Like Yeah, and I can totally understand that. He knows you can't trust these colonizers. He knows. Exactly. Yep. He knew from when he was a little kid burning them up. Can we t- can we talk about how he was burning them up since since he was a baby? Child, that scene. Woo. Short as it was, it said everything. He's, his mom wanted to be buried on land. 
okay, let me go fulfill my mom's, you know, final wishes, sees an absolute horror show. Because that was horrific. It really was. And I'm like, oh, good. He killed that priest. Because the priest, I'm sorry, you cannot, you, you cannot um, dismiss, you know, especially like Catholic Church, their their role in, you know, colonization and slavery and, you know, that whole thing, you absolutely cannot. And so to see him just... And the role of Christianity and just trying yep. to justify it. Yep. Just burn that All entire shit down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And he, and he was a child. And you're going to call him a demon. I'm like, you have people in chains by their neck working them to death. But you call him a demon. On their own land. Exactly. You've taken their own land from them. Yeah. But but I'm the one. I'm the boy with you no know, without love. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll be that. Mm-hmm. I'll be that. And he still ain't got no love to this day, 500 years later. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, he... Yeah, they really, they really developed his character really well. Yeah, they did. Uh, helped us understand him. Helped us sympathize with him. Mm-hmm. Um, it just showed how beautiful Tulakin was. Mm-hmm. It was just such a beautiful place. And he's he's done enough um, work with a vibranium that he brought the sun to his people. Yes. That was so beautiful. He loves them so much. I know. It's... Did the damn thing with that. I just... <laughs> just did the damn thing. It made you understand that, like, only only one or two of his people were lost. Mm-hmm. You know, Nakia shot, shot one or two of his people. And that was enough for a whole war, cause he don't he he don't want to lose nobody. He loves his people that much. Um, and I don't know how many people died in Uganda. Lord have mercy, that was just a waste. But um, yeah, and of course the main one died there. That was yeah. But they did a great job developing his character, developing the world of Talakan. Um, I mean, I was rooting for them as much as I was for Wakanda. I mean, I didn't, I really didn't want them to fight, but. Yeah. I really wanted them to, I mean, they more had a great idea about um, working together to to fight these colonizers. I don't know why. Well, sure, we like couldn't get on board because. I mean, that's like you said before. That's where Moran Kugler has his hands tied on that one, because that's not going to be his decision. Because I kind of feel like if it was his decision. The only things left 
and Marvel movie with Wakanda to lock it. Yeah. <laughs> but like you said, that's, you know, well, we gotta, you have to, you know, do the story within, you know, the confines of Marvel. That's the, and that's the, the, the biggest problem, I think, with it. Because, I mean, if you just see, like, just the fan reactions, because, I mean, when the f- trailer first came out, you know, during the Comic-Con, and we're all, you know, just dissected it, and, you know, like, oh, my God, yeah, yeah, you know, and that, that whole thing. You did see somebody like, man, why it's got to be the Mexicans against the Blacks? Yeah. <laughs> somebody, was like, somebody was like, look, it could be, you know, a... a paramilitary thing and stuff like that and, you know but and it's like also we just kind of knew it was going to come to the maybe not the exact resolution it did but we knew that it was going to going to kind of come to that because I mean like we said trusted Ryan Coogler with this and so it's like there was going to be some sort of understanding between Wakanda and Tolokin because at the end of the day, at some point, they're going to realize they have the common enemy. And so, and even though it wasn't really about them finding the common enemy, it was just more about what they had in common and everything they lost and everything they were trying to preserve. It was still, yeah, we, you know, this isn't going to be the fight. We need to fight with each other. I mean, as well, an audience, other. yeah, as an audience viewer, you could see it, even though the people on screen couldn't. You could see well, who the common enemy was, who yeah, was really was really pitting them against each yeah, other. But I think that also goes back to what you're saying about grief and trauma. They're not going to really be thinking straight at that point, at that moment they're in the heat of their grief and their, you know, and the trauma that's happening. And of course, probably not really thinking this times. And, you know, it does just take, you know, Namor and Shuri really beating their, each other's asses for a, for a minute. And then when Shuri has the chance to kill him, she doesn't. Finally, this her mom finally comes back to her to show him who you are. And she's like, and, you know, thinking about, you know, losing everything that she's lost, but also everything that could, you know, if she kills him, this is going to have much, much worse repercussions. And it's going to, you know, cause this rift between Wakanda and Tolokin that neither of them actually wants. And, you know, she, you know, finally just, you know, gives him the solution. You know, this is what happened. And, you know, then, you know, him just kind of, also thinking all the way back to his mom and thinking about everything that, you know, could happen if this, and you know, just in that moment, how, you know, cooler heads were able to prevail. You know what? Yeah. I'll yield. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's wild that uh, colonizers weren't even trying to do divide and conquer because they didn't know about Talacan. Yeah. Yeah. But Divide and Conquer still came into play. And for most of the movie, it was working. I mean, Namor 
fucked up Wakanda. Yeah. He fucked them up. Yep. Yep. With water. Yes. But I have to say, from a fan perspective, those water bombs, oh man, those were fucking, those were fucking badass. Those were scary, yeah. They were. Yeah. <laughs> I just hate how, what they did with them. Yeah. Yeah. And Wakanda. It's like, right. It's like Wakanda's still getting over, getting torn up in uh, Infinity War. Yeah. And Endgame. It's like, yeah. will y'all stop coming to Wakanda and fucking up our country? Yeah. See, this is why, this is why I'm, I'm thinking they probably shouldn't open themselves up. Yeah. Because then the world said, oh, new battleground. Yep. <laughs> We ain't got to fight in New York no more. Like, no, nah, no, nah, mm-hmm. take that shit back to New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because y'all, y'all not going to stay and clean up here. Um, well, we already talked about, um, you know, two indigenous cultures. Um, yeah, but it looks like you do want to talk more talk. about specifically, you know, this because Tanach Warta, he talked so much about this and just made all the points. You know, okay. go ahead. Well, you know, it's um, I don't think it was this one. I forget, um, I forget exactly which one it was. But they talked to different um, indigenous people in Latin America, and they talk about, you know, well, yeah, he makes this point, and it took, you know, the black led, you know, Marvel film to even bring in indigenous Latinx or Latin A um, culture, and you know, give it its due respect, and you know kind of center it in a way that you don't even see in Latin American countries. It's like Tanach Huerta, he said um, um, in Mexico, a TV looks like it's from a Scandinavian country because you don't see, because when you do see people as dark as him in it, they're background characters, they're secondary or, you know, they're villains, you know? And say you do not see indigenous people in these indigenous countries represented, and not heroes. I mean, he's, you know, it almost makes me cry. He said, "Now I am a superhero, and nobody can take that from me." Yes. I mean, he, he just. This is why I say he just keeps getting better every time he opens his mouth, because he is very much for black and brown solidarity. He talks about anti-blackness in indigenous cultures and in, you know, let, let, um, let. He wrote cultures. a book about it. Come on. I forget the Spanish words, but it's called Brown Pride. <laughs> it is called Brown Pride. And he, I'm telling you, I'm like, this is why I'm like, this man cannot be actually real because they don't make dudes like, they don't make cis dudes like this. <laughs> I'm like, how are you real? Sir, you is your number exactly, you know, exactly. And he's funny in other ways, too. I, I, I won't get into that because I'm gonna I'm I'm keep it cute, <laughs> but um, yeah, he he just he and he's he he is unrelenting, you know. He's talking 10 days after the film is made, and he's talking, it's like half a billion dollars in 10 days with black and brown people mm-hmm. and repeated that 
half, more than half a billion actually in 10 days. And they telling us that black and brown people don't sell around the Mm -hmm. world. Talk about it. Talk about it. Every time he drags um, white media and Angel gets his wings. Yep. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And trust me, he is, he keeps dragging it. Yes. He has not stopped. He got a larger platform. He said, I'm going to use it, damn it. Yes. Yes. And he's making people mad and loving it. Yep. Because <laughs> he's, he's making all the white people mad. Yep. Whether they speak Spanish or not. Exactly. Exactly. Ah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. Ah. It's like he brings to light, you know, so much of what... And people were actually talking about this when Yalitza, you know, did Roma. You know, you do not see indigenous Latin, uh, Latin people, especially as dark as they are. You know, so she it was she was a big deal. And it's like there's fuck, I forget what it is, but they actually were on stage together somewhere. But this was before all of um you know, Wakanda forever and all of that. Yeah, I think so, they're I think they're friends. Yeah. So yeah, put them in a movie together, please. I would pay for that. Um but yeah. Put, put him and Lapita in a rom com, thank you. Yeah. Cause it's like ex- exactly. 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 Because I mean you think about it, do you see Mexicans that dark skinned as they are on anything? Except for like when they're supposed to be cartel. Because I know Tanach was in Narcos. I didn't know yeah. this because I'm not, I don't watch the show. But he's in Narcos. And you know what he is in Narcos? He's a drug dealer. Uh. <laughs> and so now he finally gets the chance to be and a who, super. And who plays a cop in Narcos? Pedro. Oh, Lord. Oh, and who you know what? decidedly Pedro? lighter skinned. I love Pedro, but yeah, he is. <clears throat> is much lighter and, and he gets to be a cop and he's from texas wait, he's from chile wait i think he's in chile he's from chile but he grew up in texas okay but because yeah he's very he, he's very american i know he knows his roots and he loves his, his culture and all but he is he's he's very much a product of texas okay <laughs> yeah but yeah it's it's you know just really interesting because I'm so glad that yeah now we're finally getting you know because this it's not just that it's you know indigenous culture it's um I think specifically a type of Mayan culture one of the Mayan cultures yes that's you know being put to the forefront here like we're still here (laughs) we're still here you know and just to see that you know represented on screen and you see like all of the murals you know of Namor just around you know, Mexico and stuff he, it's like he's a folk hero now mm-hmm. and, it's, and I think look at that and I think he might have said this too it's kind of like when um, Chadwick was first you know introduced as T'Challa you know as the Black Panther just kind of immediately becomes this symbol you know for black people and I think he said T'Challa, well, Chadwick Boseman was actually symbolic for them too. You know, kind of seeing, you know, this black man as this powerful superhero. And now they have, you know, Namor. 
as this powerful superhero. And I'm like, I, I love that for all of us. I really do. Yeah. And um, what was I just thinking? I was just thinking of something else. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say, even with um, Tanash being introduced on um, the stage at Comic-Con, I kind of had the same feeling with him as I did seeing when Chadwick got introduced years ago. You know, it's uh, introducing you know to, you know Chadwick Boseman as you know T'Challa, him coming on stage, and Sinatra coming on the stage with that you know feather earring you know piece and all of his you know jewelry you know of, of his culture. So like, I have no idea who you are, but man, you are impressive already. And then he says, it's because of representation. Well, it's because of inclusion. I have this opportunity now. So, and I think he actually got that part because he just, he, Ryan Coogler just, they met, you know, and Ryan Coogler just saw what type of person he was. And I guess just knew, yeah, this guy would be perfect. So, I mean, probably did know his work too, or at least some of it, but it's like still, no, this is the person who can do this. Mm-hmm. And it just the best choice ever. Yeah. For this role. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Mm. Chef Kiss. Yes. Both of you. Yes. Just just amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So shout out to you to know it. Um, yes i love you um, i know right call me. <laughs> call me. Oh. <laughs> um so um i guess uh we can talk a bit about um the part that first made me want to um talk about this movie um just you know, the part that's most on brand for us. Yeah. Uh, matriarchal societies. Yes. Um, Wakanda is very much a matriarchal society. Yeah. Um, and in this movie, we see Black women in all parts of leadership. Yeah. We have a queen, Ramonda. We have a princess, Shuri. We have uh, Koye, who's general of the, the military. Yeah. Um, we have Nakia, who's a war dog and spy. Um, we have Riri, who becomes part of the science group. Yep. Um, we have Ayo and uh, Nineka, um, uh, whoever um, Michaela Cole's character is. I think it's like Ake or something. Um, uh but her character, they're also part of the military. Like, mm-hmm. um, it's just, uh, I know some some people were like, you know, where what happened to the men? Um, I don't know. What, ha- what we're not gonna get, we're not gonna do it. We're not gonna do it. No, you said you said not to do it. We're not gonna do it. But um, no. you know, other people were complaining. Um, and you know, if they didn't like it, that's on them. Um. Oh, um, I will say, misogyny get in the yeah. way of a. a, a All I'm gonna say is this: you're looking for, you know, black male representation and good black male representation. Umbaku was right there, right there, and not only that, Besides he's being 
yeah, he he is giving this wise counsel to Shuri. You know, he's being there for her in her time of loss, in her time of need. And also, like, when, you know, she comes back as the Black Panther, okay, cool, we'll, you know, we'll follow you, you know. You know, you're our protector now, all of that. And there is every indication at the end of this, he's king of Wakanda. Because the royalty, the monarchy, and the Black Panther do not have to be the same thing. The Black Panther is the protector of Wakanda. The crown is something else. The throne is something else. And it just happened before that T'Challa was the Black Panther. and um, That's only because his father died. Yeah. Because in the and beginning he, in Civil War, yeah. his father was king and yeah. he was Black Panther. Exactly. And even then, he had to go and do Challenge Day for the throne. Because right. and that's why they strip him of the powers of the Black Panther, so it would be a fair fight for whoever at the throne, mm-hmm. you know. And so is that was you know after that after he got the throne, okay, yeah, he can be Black, Black Panther. And I think people are actually kind of missing that, <laughs> not really, you know, getting that because when you know it comes off, you know, Mbaku comes off, you know, the plane, um, Princess Shuri isn't gonna make it. But I'm here, you know, to challenge, you know, for the throne. I mean, that's what they do. And also, it kind of feels like Shuri and Mbaku came up with that themselves because she does not want this throne. You know, I can understand that. She, like, she'll be the Black Panther, but she doesn't want to be queen. You know, her mama was the queen. But so that's that's, that's what I got to say. I'm like, Mbaku. For everybody who's like, where were the men? Or like, Umbaku was right there. And I'm and I'm sure you know if if uh, Daniel Kaluuya hadn't gone yeah. to film note, you know, <laughs> yeah, he would have been in it. But I mean, there's already yeah. a whole a million characters in this movie. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I don't know, know his name, but greedy. Yeah, I know. I don't. I don't know his name, but the leader of the River Tribe, um, Isaac De Bencoli. With mm-hmm. the lip plate, mm-hmm. he's still there. Yeah, <laughs> still there, stunting on everybody. Yeah, coordinating his lip plates. With his right. Yeah, yeah, he had a lip plate for every occasion. Okay. Yep. Um, <laughs> Old black man style ain't nothing to fuck with. Right. He got it. Got to match the suit. It got yep. to match the suit. Yep. <laughs> and his shoes with no socks. Right. <laughs> Oh Lord! <laughs> I'm sorry. I just love him visually because he is whoever does his. I know it's of Ruth Carter, but she just put her foot in that. She's <laughs> she like really the drip did. must be immaculate. Yes, <laughs> immaculate. Yes, exactly. Oh. <laughs> so, um, but we, yeah, we had. Um, in all parts of society, black women were in power and, you know, making good decisions, making bad decisions. Um, yeah. Dealing yeah. with grief mm-hmm. while still trying to lead and, um, you know, firing people because uh, Ramonda came came with the receipts when she was firing her. Listen. Clay. She was oh. like. You still Didn't, get to see your husband. I don't. Yeah. Didn't that just 
your heart just kind of wanted to stop right there. Yeah, I was like, oh, she got a point. Yeah, she does. This hurts, but she got a point. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Okoye, she's trying to, she's following the letter of the law instead of the spirit of it. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. That's where she and Nakia ended up on uh, different sides of the issue in the first movie. Yeah, so, yeah. It's also and like, it ended up costing her a job. Yeah, but it's also like, you know, our friend uh, Chris says, he said when she said, the door Malaje took the side of the stranger on the throne. When I had to go beg protection from the Jabari, he said, you just know at that moment, the rest of the door Malaje were like, oh shit. Cause you know what they, they did. I mean, when she said that, you it's knew, this, yeah, it's like I said, she'd been saving that. Yep. She was saving that, and then that's why you know, Okoye just had nothing to 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 say. That she had no answer for that. Yeah, she she just put down her spear and walked yeah. out. She was I like, mean, it, yeah. like you said, it hurts. It you hurt for her, but you know, she she knew then. Like this is it for me because she because you can't deny that. Yeah, can't deny it. So. But yeah, well, I think Okoye knew she was wrong when she was doing it. Yeah, but I don't. I don't know. I don't know. She was just but, too stubborn. I don't. It's like it's those people. Like you just have to go by the book, no matter what, and you don't see like any exceptions for that or any. You know, like okay, but this isn't a usual circumstance. You know. It's yeah, like, like, what about ethics? What about yeah. what's right morally? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, but it's like in that way, yeah, it is kind of good to see. You know, you said black women in power and leadership. You know, sometimes making wrong decisions because people do. Yeah, whatever gender. Yeah, yep. I don't. Yeah. But um, yeah, and that kind of leads into my next uh. Point, the monarchy and succession plans. I think if we do get if we do get a third Black Panther, I think we might we might be dealing with, you know, the end of the monarchy. I'm hoping. Definitely this line, or, I think. Or there will be changes. Yeah. I would say that at least until baby T'Challa grows up. Because I know that Nakia is trying to keep him away from the throne. But she's already also told him who he was. And you know what? He seems pretty happy about that. Mm-hmm. He's, oh my gosh, that's cute. Listen, he's the cutest ever. little baby. Ever. I know. I, I loved him. And I'm like, oh wait, that's the same child who came up to Ramonda. Are you here to see the headmistress? You know, mm-hmm. in French. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, yes, I want to hug baby. this baby. Yes, yeah, baby. I want to hug Cutest. him. Cutest baby ever. What's and I name? think his name is Divine Love. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. Where are you finding these people? Yeah, because also baby Namor, 
he was cute too. Just the cutest Aww. little thing. They they cast the kids here so excellently. Just yeah. So yeah, I I think yeah, cause I mean, I mean the the royal line is dying out, and if sure yeah. you don't want to be queen, then uh, that whole line of succession is yeah. is is gone. Yeah. Uh, well, That's except why I'm for kind of convinced that Mbaku, cutest baby in the world. Yeah, yeah I'm just kind of convinced Mbaku is the king right now. Because yeah. I mean, one, who's going to challenge him? No, Two. nobody. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and also like if you know, if they're really just so bent on tradition, they're going to want to. They're going to want their royalty in whatever what in whatever type of you know figurehead that is. So. But I mean, they got their Black Panther back, so I don't really think they're too. They're gonna worry about it too much. Yeah, but, it's, yeah. it's too much to deal with. They're gonna have to deal with these, uh, yeah, these colonizers. Yeah, and trying to make it work with Telecon. Yeah, not fighting each other again. Because Telecon gonna be like you, oh, you open this up. You made us vulnerable. You gonna you gonna have to protect us too. <laughs> that's <laughs> also much. kind of that's, that's what I'm wondering if Telecon is gonna come into a third film because um, um, Namor's his reasoning behind why he just went ahead and let it go. It's not all benevolent. I don't believe. Because he's very calculating and very manipulative, and I, yeah, I do kind of feel like he. It's more about they're going to owe us when, because they are going to have to come to us for help because they don't the have surface, any other allies. Yeah, the surface world is going to keep coming for them, and so he's he's. I feel like in a way he's looking for a way to either. I don't know if he really wants to destroy Wakanda, but I think he wants to take it over and be in charge of it in some some way. He wants he wants Wakanda at his mercy. I kind of feel like so. I'm like I don't think it's all benevolent, you know. Why he let it go? And he's counting on them. He's counting on them to keep Telecon secret too. Yeah, which they have been. Yeah, which is wild. Yeah, I mean, thing is, I think I would too. I mean. No use to drag them into it. You don't have to. Those, they, it, they could really be, have... it could be leverage. That's, it could be leverage. You could be true. like, um, you keep messing with me and trying to force me into things I don't want to do, and we'll just we'll just reveal you to the world like we revealed ourselves. Yeah. It could I be mean, leverage, but Ramonda did threaten sure, to. Sure, you want to do that. Yeah, Ramonda did threaten to. You know, because that's when, so when the more walks up on her, I will kill you if you do. Mm, but first, a kiss. Right? <laughs> a kiss first, please. Just kiss. So close. <laughs> he was so close. He was right. Mm. He was like, bro, y'all right there. Yeah, y'all, y'all could right at least there. Peck, a peck on the cheek, something. Give me yeah. something. <laughs> God, they're gorgeous people. Sorry. Ah, oh, anyway. Yeah. 
I'd just be staring at that one gift of him just I right? And they was just Right. Like, and when he when he just turns his eyes up at her, I'm like, Oh God. I know, right? Yeah. Oh, I'm not gonna lie, same. Gift. Same. Cause man, that just that look in his eyes and she's trying to, you know, stare out into the water because, you know, she's trying not to let him scare her. But man, <laughs> no, <laughs> that's that that dude from Saturday Night Live. Well, kept me scared and horny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, Ooh. oh my god, why are you? Oh, dude, you may not even be trying to smolder, but you just are. You just radiate it. Can't help it. Cannot. Ah. <sighs> So, oh my gosh, I feel like we could make this whole podcast about anymore. We really could. Uh, <laughs> and that would be on brand too. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so, um, I guess, you know, just uh, one last thing. Uh, a lot of people's critiques of this movie are wrapped up in the white gaze, whether they realize it or not. And I just want to say, Ryan Coogler did not make this movie for white people. He most certainly did not. Ryan Coogler doesn't make anything for white people. Thank you. Thank you. We're in a new age. We've got a group of auteurs that do not give a fuck about the white gaze. I would count Mary Jenkins among them. Yep. They they are not thinking about that when they're yep. making these 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 works of art. Uh, so when y'all are talking about um, well now, white people are going to think that um, black people and and uh, Latinx people um, just hate each other or whatever. Um, ain't nobody thinking about what the white folks think. Just you. Um, this movie was not made for white people. <laughs> no, this really was, you know, about you know these two, these two, you know, indigenous cultures coming to grips with you know one their collective traumas, their collective grief, and yeah, how do we deal with this? You know, in colonial, it was. I'm like, it had absolutely nothing to do with whiteness and those scenes you know with cia and stuff like that that's i'm certain that's a contractual obligation yeah that you was know, kevin feige saying you have need to you to tie this into secret exactly. invasion exactly and all these other disney plus shows that i want you to do exactly you just have to remember that this is the marvel universe that's all that was like I said, just that one scene with a little girl, like, oh, I dream, you know, of having, you know, this resource exclusively. That was the scary part. And that is why, and honestly, that is why, you know, yeah, I understand Namor's motivation, motivations. That's why I understand Ramona's decision at the beginning. That's why I understand why, you know, they decided to call the truce. Because of that one line right there, that is the only thing necessary. From the fucking CIA scenes. And I just want to read, um, Barry Jenkins wrote an entire tweet thread about this movie. Go ahead. 
And I just want to read um, a couple of tweets. Um, one of them says, No more is a rewarding gambit. Pre release, um, somebody named at Genius Bastard wrote here that there was no way Ryan and JRC, Joe, Joe Robert Cole, would pit black and brown folks against one another without tact and acknowledging the history of said folks and using this massive ass platform to shed light. Mm. He did indeed. Yep. Working primarily through Tenoch Huerta and Leticia Wright, the film balances the grief of both communities' agreements mm. and sees neither courting pity and both battling a lust for just vengeance. Mm. Here, the utility of a truce is obvious, yet can only be found through violence. Uh, he continues to say Ryan is carrying a lot of weight in this film. Yeah. So um, I would I would implore you to check out that thread from Barry Jenkins. It's very astute. Yeah. Uh, and as another direct film director who does not give a fuck about the white gaze. Um, it's, I would say, it's very, he knows what he's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think him and Ryan are on the same wavelength as yeah. with regards to that. So, yeah. Please stop worrying about what the white folks will think. Yeah. Just enjoy this movie for all the things that it is. Because um, there's, a, there's a lot of food for thought here. Yeah. And just a small reminder for people, in case you you know you did forget, Ryan did make a small nod to Moonlight at the end of the first Black Panther. Remember that. They know each other. They know each other's work. Right. And they respect it. Yeah, Baby Sharon. Yep. Yep. So. And, and Barry peeped it, so. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I think they've they've met together. He talks about in this thread meeting him for a meal at uh, in L.A. Mm. And uh, um, just well, I'm glad to know that. Yeah. So, just he said the same Ryan that he met then is the Ryan that made this movie, and he's just uh, yeah. Barry saw all of the things that he had to deal with and managed to the achievement of this movie that with all of the delays and the pressure and yeah. all the and things that grief. they had to deal with. It's grief. And in his grief, right. Um because to get this yeah. to get this out of it. Is incredible. Yeah, because I mean, I mean that interview that I was looking at the roundtable at um, Entertainment Weekly. I mean, he starts off, you know, speaking. Sorry, excuse me, about something, and you see how it just kind of segs into him talking about Chadwick Boseman, and of course, you see him. He's been wearing that necklace with Chadwick's picture on it this entire time. I mean, 
I, th- I think the main thing he wanted to do was pay tribute to Chadwick Boseman, you know, his legacy and, you know, just show what it meant, you know, for him to be T'Challa, for him to be the, you know, the Black Panther. And he did that. He really did that. <laughs> it was like you said, and through all the pressure and all the delays and all the distractions and stuff, and he did with all of that, what he did was incredible. It really was. Yeah, I mean, and for people to nitpick at the death, I just, yeah, I don't know. It kind of, I don't know. Maybe I'm just too emotional. Maybe I'm just too yeah. in in my grief, but. Yeah, with, with this, it, it just makes me, it, it really annoys me when people try no, to nitpick this movie. No, it's just the thing with people who feel like they just have to be on all the time. Like, yeah, I'm going to let you enjoy your little, like, no, 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 just shut the fuck up. I mean, you have, I'm, I'm sure you have some valid critiques and, you know, that's great, but you always have to put it within this air of superiority that, you know, I'm seeing. I'm smarter. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm more grounded in, you know, my politics and, you know, they don't, I don't waver them for anything, you know, because no matter what, this is, you know, a big budget Hollywood production. Like, yeah, it is. But you know what? (laughs) At that big budget Hollywood production, I got to sit in the theater and I finally got to, you know, just have a really good cry. Because that opening scene, well, the opening funeral and then right, you know, through the end credits. I, I sobbed, you know, because we have been in this, we were talking earlier, we have been in this thing for three fucking years. When have we had time to just sit with our grief and just really mourn everything we lost? Because in a way for me, Chadwick Boseman is just very symbolic of so much of what we lost, you know, just so much good that we lost so many of the people that we lost. You know, that are just suddenly not there. It's like, you know, I talk I mentioned, you know, Chris earlier, like his death is off screen and there's just nothing there. And it's kind of very reminiscent of, you know, the first days of COVID. You know, we couldn't be with our people when they were dying off, you know, when they were getting sick, we couldn't, you know, be with them. And when they were gone, they were just gone suddenly. And we got to have that moment of catharsis with this film. And I think a lot of people didn't want to have that because a lot of people avoid grief. Yeah. Avoid dealing with it, just like Sherry does. Yeah. Um, so people don't, you know, you want me to go to a movie that makes me cry? No, thank you. Yeah, people, um, I think people got, some people might have gotten turned off by that, but whatever, that's your loss. Yeah. Hell, the trailer made me cry. <laughs> I knew I wasn't going to survive the movie. So. But, I mean, it had... I mean, we couldn't... We couldn't move forward with this franchise without... Without dealing with this. Exactly. So. Ah, so, before we... Before we get... You know, we're not going to do a rant about uh, that uh, hashtag movement. So we better. Yeah. 
<laughs> we better wrap it on up. Um, <laughs> I'm Dee Dee, uh, Matt Dust's daughter for now on, on the social medias. Uh, where uh, the podcast is at Black Girl Squee. Um, Inda, where can we find you? Well, um, I'm on the Twitter is um, Inda's Corner. I think I'm on Mastodon as Inda Lauren, though. But uh, yeah, I'm kind of there and I'm kind of not because I'm still, I've had that account for like five years and I'm still trying to navigate it because I don't know what I'm doing on it. But yeah, yeah that's where you can find me. All right, and you can still find us at blackgirlsquee.simplecast.net. And um, till next time, um, you know, hit us up on Twitter. Um, I'll see if that, um, if anybody's tried to hit us up on email, <laughs> please read us and review us on uh, Apple Podcasts or whatever. And, uh, you know, we're still around. Um, until next time, I'm not sure when that'll be, but until <laughs> next time, bye. bye.